Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Mo H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 1st, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 58, chapter 5, How It Works. Reading the first paragraph only, beginning with Rarely Have We Seen a Person Fail. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Stephanie L., the 12 Traditions, Leslie M., and readers of the text are John K. and Terry A. H. The share ID for Monday, April 30th, 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, Eastern Time is 11,359. That's 11359. And for Tuesday, today, May 1st, uh, our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11,362. That's 11362. Our newcomer greeter for today is Melanie C. Our OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our soul's purpose, OA's, our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Stephanie L. to read the 12 tradition, the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. It's Stephanie L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, Oh, do I go there, Mo, or just stop at no, that? No, just the 12 steps. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for your service. All right, I will now ask Leslie M. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Mo H., for your service. This is Leslie M., 
uh, a compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York, the 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Leslie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book, and we are starting Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 58. Rarely have we seen a person fail, fail and I will ask John Kay to begin our reading. Thanks, Mo. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Wow, we're heading into some really dense paragraphs the next week or two, and this is one of them. You know, uh, Bill, you know, Bill 
couldn't do more than beat us over the head with the manuscript on the stuff that he has written here, you know, thoroughly, completely give themselves, you know, and at the risk of reading ahead a little, willing to go to any lengths, half measures of ALS, nothing, you know, it's so simple, you know, simple but not easy, right? I mean, I've often said the toughest thing about compulsive eating is that it makes you uncomfortable enough to know you should do something about the problem, but not always uncomfortable enough to be willing to do the things that it's described here. And yet it won't work if we don't. You know, this is pure logic. You know, if we're in a program, you know, it's based on Alcoholics Anonymous and we want what they have, we need to do what they do. And what, what's the first thing everyone in AA is told? I can tell you from experience, you got to give up the drinking. You know, it may not be easy. You may have to white knuckle it for a while. But you'll get through the tough part, and then you'll tackle the real work ahead. You know, but how long did I try to work the steps without giving up all my alcoholic foods? You know, a long time. Why? Because my disease still had control of my brain. You know, I was willing to totally, I wasn't willing to totally surrender, but, you know, in, in actuality, it was my disease that didn't want me to totally surrender. You know, it wanted me to do the opposite, you know. Um, and I always say the opposite of surrender is negotiation, but I can't negotiate my food. It'll just keep sucking me back in over and over. You know, one of the main ways it did that is via honesty or, or my lack of it at the time. You know, I didn't want to be honest myself that I, that I couldn't, and if you excuse the expression, I couldn't have my cake and eat it too. You know, but then again, who is honest when they're in the food, in the disease? The disease has its claws wrapped around our brains. And, and that's why I think Bill says here, if they have the capacity to be honest. And, and I did have the capacity. I just didn't have the ability at that time, you know. But thank God my higher power gave me the gift of desperation a day at a time. I put my alcoholic foods down so that I can start to grow it. And that's the key. I can't work the big book and, and still be drunk on food, you know. I, uh, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. A few weeks ago, Harlan and I did this Texas OA convention in Dallas, and I, I led a relapse workshop there. And one of the exercises I did was to have everybody sit down and write out all their yellow light foods. And when they were done, I asked the group, okay, so who here is willing to go to any lengths and surrender? And, like, everybody raised their hand. And then I said, okay, who here is willing to take that list of yellow light foods they just wrote down and put them on their red light list? And the room went, ooh. <laughs> I think I made my point. But, you know, the reality, you know, Kim, Kim G says, uh, Kim, uh, you, know, you know, there is no such thing as a yellow light food. They're either red or green, but we have to figure out which they are, and that's one way to do it. But the point being, there's a group of people willing to go to any lengths in their head, but then when the reality hits them in the face, you know, that's where the disease is there. And I'll leave you with one thing I, I read this morning. Charles H. posted this on the Facebook page. He said, you know, it took Bill 20 minutes to write this part of how it works, but it took me 40 years to understand him. And here, here, I couldn't agree more. And with that, I pass. And thank you, John Kay. And I will now open the lines up for those of you who would like to share on this first paragraph. Janice PM. Julie B. Randy S. Elaine V. Randy. Sylvia F. Wendy M. Elaine V. There was somebody before Sylvia F. I missed it. Elaine B. Elaine B. Thank you. 
All right, I have Janice P.M. I have Julie E.B. I have Wendy M. Elaine, I think I wrote a B here. Sylvia F., I can take a few more. Reggie O. Reggie O. And who was the last one there? Carolyn S.H. Okay, that's it. Good morning. Did we just read one paragraph? We did. Just the first paragraph of how it works. All right, I have Janice P.M., Julie E.B., Wendy M., Elaine B., Sylvia F., Reggie O., and Carolyn S.H. Okay, Janice P.M., followed by Julie E.B., Well, good morning to you, and good morning, everyone. My name is Janice, PM from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Oh, this paragraph, this paragraph. First of all, the title says how it works. So when something says, okay, this is how you put your makeup on, that's giving me directions on how I can get the result that I want. Uh, what they're telling me I, you know, would look good in. Okay, so how it works is going to start to tell us directions on how to get to the other side of my illness. Now, it starts out with really, which means, okay, they can't say 100%, but they can certainly um, uh, convince, well, convince me that uh, it seldom, you know, or not often does... Um, do we see anybody not get this program who has thoroughly followed? Now, thoroughly, we think of thoroughly as being, oh, you know, nice and slow and take your time, but that's not what I believe that they mean thoroughly. Um, they mean completely, not slowly. You know, you're going to see, we're going to get right into it after we're convinced of our powerlessness and the willingness to seek a power. So thoroughly is right away, um, our directions. That's what it means by path. And, you know, it's a simple program. But, you know, I like to do what I want to do, what I think. So it's simple. We heard that. It's not easy. And the program has three parts. I know that we always talk about recovery, which, of course, I have to have that first before I can do every, anything. But we're going to say that it's recovery. It's unity in the group. And um, it's service. So that's the whole program. The program isn't just one part. It's three parts. And if we notice that honesty is three times, well, because that may imply, I know that it implies for me that I was absolutely dishonest because I didn't want to see myself. I didn't want to accept the fact that I'm powerless. I'm powerless. And um, naturally, naturally incapable for me was on my own. I couldn't do this on my own. I was naturally incapable. You know, I didn't have the ability. I didn't have the power. And uh, boy, oh boy, I've read this for decades. And, (laughs) you know, every time I read it, I see more things about me. And uh, this is what they're telling us right now. And this is like the the end of step two, because we can't go on if I'm not convinced about, about, about the powerlessness. And that's the bottom line, to be honest, to be honest with my powerlessness of this illness. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice P.M. Julie E.B., followed by Wendy M. Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered in Colorado for today. What I love about this is that it talks about 
honesty. What a promise. Rarely have we seen a person fail in giving oneself to a simple program. Um, But honesty comes up over and over again. And for me, the hard part of honesty is reality. The reality is I could not continue to binge and then pray to a God to keep me healthy, to keep me fit. I could not continue uh, to binge on my resentments and the wrongs done to me and continue to stay uh, in the present and stay out of anger and keep from being sore. The reality is I could not continue to stay in fear about a future I don't even know um, and, and live any other way than trying to run the show myself and rest satisfaction and happiness out of life by my own management and my by own rehearsing and recounting of the reasons I had to be sore, the reasons I had to be afraid. The reality is that I could face with my held head, head held up by my higher power the mistakes of my past and continue to work in this daily work of reconstruction to move forward. Um, Honesty, uh, we all have that reality. The food beats that reality into us. The the devilments, the the uselessness, the pain in our life shows us we need a different way of living. So I hope that everyone on the line today will just start taking those actions which put them in line with reality. It says that the reality is to be complete. Complete means to be full. And so very soon we're going to be full of something else entirely. We're going to be full of uh, complete abandon, full of giving up. Thanks for letting me share the path. Thank you, Julie E.B. Now, now is Wendy M. followed by Elaine B. Yes, good morning. It's Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. And uh, thank you, God, for the entire abstinence I have this morning and for everybody's service and just being on the line. Um, so it starts off, it says how it works. So it turns out this thing works. And, you know, that's not to be underplayed. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here with all of you every morning because it works. Like people say, we came in on a losing streak. And um, it's completely miraculous that we have a program that actually works. It's evident. Um, and obviously, like everyone else, you know, the honesty piece is, is, is the miracle. Um, to be honest, you know, is a spiritual experience. You know, when I'm full of lies and then I turn around and actually tell you the truth, that is a spiritual experience. That is a complete surrender. Every time I'm honest, I get to God immediately. And when I'm dishonest, I'm in, obviously, my world. Um, and this 10th step is, is the practice of the honesty, right? I pick up the phone and call you because I'm full of dishonesty, and I need your help to get me there. And that honesty frees me up every time. But it's a wild ride, right? Like, I'm holding on to dishonesty because um, I'm not sure I want honesty, right? That feels really scary. It feels like... I'm not in control anymore, right? That I'm completely vulnerable. When I'm honest, I'm totally vulnerable. Um, and the thing I thought about today is um, for me to get you, if you, to get you to like me demands rigorous dishonesty. And 
to um, people please requires rigorous dishonesty. Um, if I'm going to uh, blame you, it, it requires dishonesty. Um, if I'm going to demand that I get my way, it requires dishonesty. I have to be dishonest to, 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 to do these things, right? This is all step three. If I'm going to try to run the show, it requires rigorous dishonesty. Um, and that's exhausting, right? This dishonesty is exhausting, but I don't even know I'm in it, right? I'm swimming in it. Like the voice of the disease is, is my voice. So it sounds right. It sounds right. And, um, and, and the real freedom for me, as I was saying before, is this rigorous honesty. You know, it feels so good to finally be honest. I write pen to paper to get to God so that I can get that honesty in the morning because I'm, I'm, I wake up dishonest. Um, and the self demands rigorous dishonesty, right? So to get out of self, I have to be um, honest. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Wendy M. Uh, Elaine B., followed by Sylvia F. Thank you very much for your service, Mo H. So how it works, how will it work? How, what will keep it from working? The very first thing they point to is this honesty. And it is, it's being honest with ourselves, admitting I'm powerless. You know, just admitting I've got I to gotta put these food down. I just, I just have to do this. I'm powerless. And being honest that I need a power greater than myself. I, I'm beyond human aid. And I, I got to I gotta move on. I have to accept that uh, there is a power that is greater than me. And, um, and that's going to start me on a whole new journey than the way I've always lived. Just like a previous share, you know, people pleasing and tr- perfectionism and trying to figure out what you want so I'll be okay. And trying to manage life to suit myself. Man, none of it was working. None of it was working. So I'm going to have to be dedicated for this to work for me to rigorous honesty, not just with myself. I need to be rigorously honest with my sponsor. I need to be rigorously honest with my resentments, with my fears, with my goal sex conduct. I have to be rigorously honest with myself about my part. I've been rehearsing what they all did to me all my life. I've been rehearsing what a victim I am all my life. But now I have to be rigorously honest and say, hey, wait a minute, you know what? I have a part in all of this. And that has to continue. This is, you know, this simple program doesn't stop with my admitting I'm powerless over food or saying there's a power greater than myself or doing my first third step, my first fourth step, my first fifth step, my first sixth step. We, this is a design for a living that really works and it continuously requires for it to work rigorous honesty. I must have the capacity to be honest while I'm working with my sponsor, while I'm committing my food to my food sponsor. Not everybody has to do that, but I do, man. I need that rigorous honesty and that accountability. And I need to continue to humble myself and let go of that veneer of perfectionism and be, you know, just be humble. And you know what? As I do and I admit my faults to my fellows, I find out that I am not alone. I am not alone. And I can find a new solution that's going to help me look at life a different way so that I can recover, 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 and make a difference. And for the first time in my life, really be of service to God and to others. 
Thanks for letting me share, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. Sylvia F., followed by Reggie O. Good morning. Thanks for your service, Mo. This is Sylvia F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in San Francisco Bay. What a meeting. Ooh, need this. So uh, following what other people have said, I, I like to get with that, um, the word honesty, you know, uh, being honest with themselves, rigorous, honest, have the capacity to be honest. And, um, you know, I was, I thought I was an honest person. I realize I just need to hit my camera. Sorry. I, I thought I was an honest person because I, I didn't lie. You know, I wasn't a liar. I wasn't a thief, you know, pretty much, you know, maybe a white lie. So I thought I was an honest person until I got in here and I started, you know, working the steps with a with a recovered sponsor and even before I was working with a recovered sponsor I got to see what dishonesty meant and for me I I did I was dishonest with myself first and foremost and that's why I couldn't be honest with you or with someone else I was so busy trying to make sure that you and everyone else thought I was okay that I couldn't be honest with you because I couldn't be honest with myself because what my thought was that I'm not okay and you can't, I can't have you see that. And that's been a spiritual work that I've had to work in this program because what would take me to food more than anything is always thinking I'm not okay. And uh, there's so, there's so much about this in this book and obviously I can't take that long, but you know, there is in, in the back of the book, there's, you know, a story that says, um, that basically I'm God's work and who am I to say that this isn't exactly perfect, exactly who God intended and and that I can work on, you know, rowing the boat to be better, you know, every day to show up how God would have me be, but that I am okay. So it was so much, and there was this line, I feel like a little disjointed, but we'll we'll see if it makes some sense. I showed up to an AA meeting early on because I was out of the country and I was trying to get recovery and I did not have neutrality. I was not happy, joyous, and free. And uh, so this this guy, this old guy looks at me and goes, you know, how are you? And I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. And he goes, you know, the alcoholic leads a double life. And he said, page 73. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. So I had to go look and see what that was. And it has to do, you know, for me, it was rigorous honesty about when I'm not doing okay. So if my food isn't okay, if my spiritual recovery isn't okay, if I'm in judgment, all of those things, that's what I have to say. Yeah, I'm not okay. And just do the work. Because what do I want? I want freedom. I want freedom. I want serenity. And uh, if you're new to the program and you don't know how to get to uh, this higher power, Right now, the, you know, the fellowship can be enough. It doesn't, it, you don't have to go find God today and then say, then I'll be recovered. Just get in here with us, lock arms, and do the work. We're here. It does work. And that's what this chapter is about. I pass. Thank you, Sylvia F. Reggio, followed by Carolyn S.H. Hey, good morning. This is Reggie O. And thank you so much, Mo, for your service. And it's great to be on the line this morning. This is such a powerful paragraph. Um, 
and I, it's always struck me rare, that the language rarely, thoroughly, completely rigorous, you know, demands. Uh, and I wrote at the top not too long ago, I wrote at the top of this, just above rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. I wrote rarely had I thoroughly followed this path because I, I really do believe that I, I and anyone who thoroughly follows this path can recover um, I broke my abstinence a uh, little over five weeks ago, and it was, um, you know, it's like it's not anything and I certainly wanted to go through or I think anybody on this line wants to go through. But, you know, I look at it as one of the greatest gifts I've had in this program because I really had to humble myself into a, a different degree of honesty. And, you know, at first I thought, well, well I will... Um, I'll just wait, you know, until I go through the steps again and I can, you know, I can call myself recovered and then I'll share on the line and be able to say I'm recovered. But I realized that because I didn't want to tell anyone that I had broken my abstinence and it was, it was this image thing, this motive thing. And uh, so what I did instead was everybody that I talked to who was recovered, uh, everybody I talked to after that, I told them I broke my abstinence. It was so amazingly humbling and so powerful for me to do that uh, because it was a kind of honesty that I never had and it helped me to realize that you know throughout the working of this program I have worked the steps you know I have sponsored I have called myself recovered and felt that all to be true and I also realized the degree to which I really liked wanted the kudos you know the kudos and the badges of being able to call myself recovered and to be able to have six months, you know, so I could, uh, so I could be a reader and, you know, look for a year. So maybe moderate and things like that. And it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I was doing quite a bit of program on, um, on the shoulds rather than that deep, you know, that deep desire, that deep honesty and, I've really been thinking about, you know, the, the 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 deepest honesty, you know, can sometimes be for me the honesty of motive, because, you know, as I've learned and we learned, the the levels and the degrees of honesty are just absolutely amazing. They they run across the fabric of life, and um, I'm learning that. So I I'm just, you know, I'm thoroughly grateful today. I've I did start the steps again with my sponsor. It's amazing. I just finished the fourth. Um, the fourth yesterday, and it was it was just it was at a much deeper level. I feel closer, you know. I was not follow, thoroughly following the program in terms of outreach. Uh, it was always, yeah, I'll make a yeah, I'll make a call. I've got so busy. I've got this, you know, this to do and that to do. And uh, it's just been a real eye opener, eye opener and humbler, humbler <laughs> and humbler. I, you know, humility. But I'm extremely grateful and uh, it's really enjoyed so much. Very powerful sharing this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Reggie O. Carolyn S.H. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you so much for your service, and I'm setting my timer. Carolyn S.H. calling from Massachusetts. Um, and I so appreciate all the shares that I've heard. There are a few things that um, have come to mind for me this morning. Um, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Um, so in the original manuscript that, um, actually I had it in front of me and I don't know, but, um, that sentence said, uh, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our directions. 
Um, and I just think that is awesome. Um, and I know that, you know, the original manuscript was changed for a reason, but it's fun. I find it fun to kind of compare and look at it every now and then. Um, and it, it's just amazing to me that all we have to do is literally follow directions and that directions require this rigorous honesty that everyone is talking about. Um, and I, uh, I just, I really appreciated what I heard also about like the ability to be honest is tied to, you know, they are naturally incapable of grasping, developing a manner of living, which demands rigorous honesty. And then at the end of the paragraph, um, many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Um, and what I heard earlier share about like the capacity to be honest being tied to if I'm abstinent or not. And um, I too, like a previous share, like, well, I don't know. I'll stop comparing myself. Sorry guys. Um, but I, I have found recently that my abstinence was not my quote abstinence was not abstinent. And like the, the disease really is cunning and baffling and, um, I was for quite a while eating trace amounts, um, quote, trace amounts of, of my um, substance, which happens to be sugar, um, and not, you know, no, quote, worrying about that. And, um, and I had surrounded myself with people who told me it was okay. Um, and but deep in my, you know, the, the little um, truth teller inside me, um, I knew it wasn't okay, and um, and I knew who I could talk to who would say, no, that's not okay, and I just wasn't talking to those people, right? Um, and now I am, and now I'm um, I'm doing things um, differently, and um, and I also wanted to share. I'd like to hear. Oh, wait, two seconds. I like to hear um, old AA um, speakers, and one of them talks about how um, he talked to Bill about that sentence and Bill wanted to write the word never instead of rarely. He wanted to write, never have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our directions. Um, but he didn't do that because he knew that alcoholics, if they saw the word never, that they would take that as a challenge and they would be like, Oh, I'll show you. I won't be, you know, I'll fail. I'll follow these directions and I'll fail. Um, so he didn't write never. He wrote rarely for that reason. And I just, I love that because to me, that's like a guarantee. We follow the directions, we get well. Um, and that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. All right, just for those of you who came on later, we are on Chapter 5, How It Works, and we're reading the first paragraph only, and I'll take some names here. Eileen S. Kelly P. Deborah P. Deborah P. Eileen S. Teresa D. Terry KB. Jennifer A. Teresa D. Teresa B. Eileen S. Eileen S. Eileen F. S or F? S is in star. Okay, I got it. Sue G. Sue G. Jennifer H. Jennifer H. Okay, I'll stop there. Okay, I have Teresa B, Deborah P, I think it was, Eileen S, Sherry KP, KB, um, Sue G, and Jennifer H. We'll start with Teresa B, followed by Deborah P, I think it is. 
Hi. Uh, uh, actually, it's Teresa D is in dog. Okay. Sorry. Teresa no D. problem. No problem. I, I, I'm amazed how you get these names down. <laughs> we're firing them out at you. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, my name is uh, Teresa D. Teresa D. And um, I'm a re- recovering uh, food addict. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to add that, uh, you know, two things really stick out for me with this. Um, one is for the longest time, I always, always, always thought that I was one of these people that was constantly uh, incapable of being honest with myself, that there was something wrong with me because I couldn't stop. And, you know, I realized today that the reason I couldn't stop is because, um, you know, the, the chapter says how it works. Well, you know, I was unwilling to do the most important thing, to be honest. Rarely have we seen a person fail who's honest. And um, I was dishonest. I was a dishonest person. Um, You know, only thought of myself, what can I get out of this? And, um, you know, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Teresa D. Deborah P., followed by Eileen S. Good morning. This is Deborah P., recovering compulsive overeater. Um, so, yeah, this whole paragraph I was the paragraph that really kind of hooked me when I first got in. The first meeting I ever went to, and I thought it was all kind of a little bit crazy, but when I heard this paragraph, I, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. And um, I, like someone else said, I thought I was, a completely honest person. I mean, if I asked my friends, you know, if you could use one word to describe me, they would say things like authentic and kind. And I just would have never thought of myself as dishonest in any way. Um, and I now believe this is really the crux of the, the program. And so my, when I got a sponsor and, um, and I started working this, I remember in step four and step five, um, I was just kind of like blown away. Like, you know, that 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 saying came to me. You know, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And um, that was when I saw. Okay, this is what people are talking about in this program. This is how this program works. Is just getting really honest. And um, you know, I went from thinking I was just completely honest and com- completely kind to just, wow, I'm like you know, my entire life has been a lie. And like that last person just said, you know, I I thought too when I, I started thinking, you know, maybe I'm this one that is just completely incapable of being honest with myself. So it was quite a, um, you know, a light bulb that went on for me. But um, I'm just, I'm so grateful for this meeting and I'm so grateful for all the shares and, and, um, and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah P. Eileen S. followed by Sherry K. B. Did you say Eileen? I'm sorry, I was unmeeting. I did. Yes, thank you. My name is Eileen S. and I'm in Portland, Oregon, and uh, I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. I'm not recovered yet. Um, I am so grateful to be on this meeting today. I really appreciate all the shares. I've written down a bunch of names of people I need to, I would love to call and and just share and talk with. Um, So, yeah, this paragraph is so amazing. Um, 
and as everybody has said, you know, the idea of honesty, honesty, honesty. And I've been I've been on vision only for about um, less than a month, and I've been in OA for quite a, quite a while. And this whole experience of vision is just blowing me away. And like everyone else has said about honesty, and I thought of myself as somebody who's really honest, but I heard someone say about the idea of being honest with myself. And um, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm not thoroughly, but I'm mostly honest with myself. And that just doesn't cut it. And I have to admit that I'm powerless. That's part of the honesty with my own self, that this disease is way, 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 way bigger than me. And I have been working the steps with a sponsor, and I was on step three, moving into step four. And I had an experience where I had an experience like in, that talks about in the big book where it was like uh, pounding on the bar afterwards going, how did that happen? And, I, it, and I'm sort of blown away by the experience that I had. And I had to be honest with my sponsor the next day. It happened on Sunday. I had to be honest with my sponsor yesterday. And I broke my absence. I only had two weeks. And I've had many years in the other part of the program. And I have to admit that I am powerless. The honesty is I am powerless. And I thought I was doing it. I thought I was doing it. I was doing every assignment my sponsor gave me. But I had the strange mental twist. And I never came to understand that's exactly what happened for me. The strange mental twist. And so... Honestly, I don't have this. I love how someone said, I'm naturally incapable on my own of doing this. I am naturally incapable on my own. And um, I just have to listen and follow directions. And there are certain things I cannot do. There are certain things I just cannot do. And my disease tells me it's not that bad. You can kind of do that. And the rigorous honesty is I can't. And I'm getting ready to go away to visit for a graduation. Um, I didn't know that it's not a good idea to travel for the first couple months. And I have this plan and it's my nephew graduating, so I'm going to go. But I have to bring my food. I have to do whatever I am told because I can easily talk myself into something else. And the people I'm going to be with are not going to understand but I need to do it anyway, and um, it, it's scary. Okay, so anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate hearing everyone. Very grateful to be here, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine S., Sherry K.B., followed by Sue G. Good morning, Mo. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Sherry K.B. in Northern California. Uh, very grateful, recovered compulsive eye reader. Thank you so much for your service, Mo and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers, and welcome to Chapter 5, How It Works. So we're going to find out how this really works. Um, what I love about this is people have mentioned <clears throat> the word honesty is in here like what, about three times, so it's talking about <clears throat> I have to get honest, not only honest about my food, but I have to get honest about that I need to work this program. I need to do the steps. I need to completely simply give myself to this program, the simple program, and what I've always tended to do is complicate things, and um, so it's telling me this program is simple, and I've always heard it's a simple program for complicated people like me because I want to complicate it. Um, and I also, the fact that I have to um, accept the fact, am I, am I being honest in accepting the fact that I have a twofold illness, that I have a physical allergy of the body and mental obsession of the mind? And, you know, I was 
it was almost like I had to say uncle before I was willing to believe that, you know, not only um, did I have the, the physical allergy of the body, but the mental obsession of the mind. I, I would have not believed it. I would have been fighting to the bitter end, you know, and I don't want to do that anymore. And so it's telling me I have to completely give myself to this program. That means I have to put, completely put the food down. I have to be willing to work these steps and that I need to get honest. And so that's another part of it is I need to get honest with myself because I, I lied to myself for so long, and I am an honest person. A lot of people say that about me as well. But I was lying to myself because I was lying about this disease that I could do it. And um, and also I needed to get honest in my step work. And uh, I and I truly believe that I that when people say, well, I can still use the food and, and work the steps, and I'm like, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, I, I don't believe that's true uh, because I know that when I'm in my disease, when I have been in my disease, I, I don't I don't have a clear head. I can't think clearly. I can't hear. I you know, when I'm in my disease it's like, you know, I'm closing up my ears going la 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 like this and it doesn't you know, it doesn't work. And so I have to completely give myself to this simple program and it's telling me too that um that I, you know, need, have the capacity to be honest with myself, in other words to be truthful with myself. I mean, that's so important because I fought for a long time believing that I was one of you guys. Um, I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to, I, I had to, I had to put, I had to stop fighting myself and I had to get honest, more honest with myself. And uh, it's telling me that I cannot fail if I thoroughly follow this path. So if I thoroughly follow the work and do the 12 steps, I cannot fail. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. G, followed by Jennifer H. Suji, press star one to unmute. I'm already unmuted. I just wasn't sure if you called my name. Oh. Um, I thought you said something H, and I thought, that's not me. I, I didn't oh, hear it right. That's the next um, one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real honest. This is Suji from... Michigan, recovered by the grace of God, struggling to remain recovered right now. Um, in all honesty, I also, because of mental disorders, felt that maybe I just didn't have the constitution to be honest. Um, there are so many times when I've had to be honest with my sponsor about my food, about a um, not a red food, but a eating carbohydrate without having a protein with it, which can set me off to wanting more carbohydrates. And and so I just stopped being honest um, for a while. And I'm sitting here. I don't normally get to the 10 o'clock meeting because I'm normally out having to do something or I'm laying on the sofa after getting up. But I like what I hear. And I'm so grateful to have spent my morning doing my 11th step, getting back, praying with, praying to God, talking to him, listening to the meeting, 
being able to be honest for the first time about having carbohydrates that set me off. And yet my doctor wants me to eat these high-fiber foods for my medical condition I have. And I'm trying not to be dishonest you know, about saying, well, I, I can have it because my doctor wants me to have it. Um, but it's hard to get 28 grams of fiber in a day. Um, but um, if anyone can find my name, I really could use some outreach calls too. And um, I just need some help. Um, I'm through the steps and I only talk to my sponsor once a week. And also, in all honesty, I, I don't do the 10th step as often as I should because I'm scared that I'm not going to do it right. And that's just fear, and that's another thing to do a 10th step about. So um, thank you for finally hearing my name, <laughs> letting me share. And I, I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sue G. And Jennifer H., Hi, this is Jennifer H., and I'm a compulsive overeater in Alabama. Thanks for sharing. Um, and I um, have been, I got desperate enough to um, call in and get a sponsor in the vision group. It's been about seven weeks ago that I got abstinence. And um, I am in, you know, I know I need to have the honesty and then thoroughly follow the directions. So, um, it was suggested by my sponsor to call in, so I'm grateful that that worked out today. And um, I'm also supposed to be making three outreach calls a day, which I know will help, and I have not been doing that. And uh, the, the truth is I have time. I could do it, you know, like on the drive home from work or even to work. So um, uh, I know that I need to because um, it has been uh, – the fourth and fifth step are kicking my butt right now, and I, um, you know, it's been uh, a lot of irritability and really uh, tough feelings and the disease trying to tell me that it's not worth it. You know, it was better when I was in the food because um, I do have just extreme irritability. So my sponsor said, call somebody when you have that, and um and I'm going to just keep plugging away at the steps. And I'm really grateful to you guys for being here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jennifer H. We will now I thank you all for sharing. Great, great, great meeting. Thank you for um, our readers today, Stephanie L., Leslie M., John K., and Terry A. H. So we will now close uh, the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Terry A.H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you than to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Get freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit 
and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.